today's the first Sunday of the month, so um, we are doing Missionary of the Month on time this month. <laughs> and our missionaries this month are uh, Jay and Carrie Rostifer, and um, they come, uh, they're in Madagascar. So I'm going to share a little bit about them. Um, they are super busy and doing lots of stuff. So um, I'll get started on that because I think I just have a little bit of time. So um, they come from Bellefontaine, Ohio, which is right west of um, Columbus. And so they're um, more another Ohio missionaries. And um, they started as pastors and church planners um, for 12 years before they ended up being called to the mission field. So we started supporting them at the time when um, they started going um, to uh, <clears throat> Madagascar which was 20 years ago. So Madagascar is um, right, um, I guess that would be east of Africa. And uh, it's part of Africa. However, they're not as, they're not as African as Africa is, but they, uh, they're on that island. So in the past 20 years, Jay has spent much of his time helping plant and establish new churches. He, um, there's one of the, them establishing a church. They hold evangelism crusades in the cities as well as in the bush. They call that in the bush. It's, it's the primitive lands that are around, and so the rural areas. And that includes purchasing the land and building the buildings as well. He also teaches Bible school, helping to train and equip future pastors for ministry. He's a team leader for the Madagascar and the liaison between the um, Assembly of God missionaries, the world missionaries, and the national church. He also started Royal Rangers program and was recently able to pass that responsibility off to the nationals, which that's the new guy right there in the picture. So Carrie is an executive pastor and a co-pastor who preaches once a month. She helps the youth leaders with the youth group. She's a creative arts leader for the worship team as well as one of four worship leaders. She's the coordinator for the potluck team. They have a potluck team. <laughs> I'm interested in that. So if I could get somebody on board with that, maybe we could establish that. Building the Urban, Urban Tribes core team, helping to develop the women's ministry and leading Bible study in the church youth groups. Um, so they've been doing this for the past 20 years. So here we are today, or this year, and Jay has traveled the entire island. He just goes all over the island doing the evangelism in the bush, going to marketplaces, the open air streets, <clears throat> the simultaneously planning churches and reinforcing small growth. And when they arrived in Madagascar way back in 2003, they had 40 churches on the island. And now, according to the national leadership, there's approximately 700 churches. So, um, and I don't believe that he has established 700 churches, but he has a big role in playing in that. So, 85.3% of the population are Christian in Madagascar. That's great. 3% are Muslim, 4.5% um, adhere to traditional beliefs, and 6.9% have no religious affiliation. So God's opened so many doors for them and opportunities to allow them to work in that capacity. However, it's taken a toll on him, and 
Um, he's had um, heat strokes and he's had other health issues going on, um, trying to keep making this work. And they just felt like there was a little bit of a change in their direction. So they prayed about it and sought the Lord and they felt together that this part of his, the season was coming to an end for them and that they needed to reevaluate re their strategy. So um, God ended up telling them both separately that it was time to plant a church and pastor it themselves and just stay put instead of going all over the place. And it took all of this past year to process and prepare for their new direction. And they started raising money and looking for ground and reach it, recently purchased um, this ground that I have a picture of um, for a new church in the um, capital city of, let me get this right, Anta Anarivo, I think is how it's pronounced. And that's the capital city of Madagascar, and that has 1.4 million people in it. So they um, have started on August 6, 2023, which is just a few months ago. They had their first church service in a temporary building, which is what you're seeing here. And it's called the Salt and Light Church of Madagascar. And this Urban Tribes Church is the first English-speaking Pentecostal church of its kind. So they had their grand opening with their... Um, inauguration, I think is what they called it, on September 3rd. And it also includes, they're also, they're not doing this alone. They have a team of missionaries with them, um, a couple of which, I think in the next picture, you'll recognize. Um, two of them, right behind Jay right here, is um, Meg and Jim Thacker. And we also support them. So um, I'm in the R's, so when I get to the T's, then we'll uh, talk about them a little bit. But you can see what they're doing also as they're um, working with them. And then the other, the other couple with the kids is Rainier and Kristen Vorster. And they're from South Texas, but they're also helping with them. So they are set to start their new church building, which I think we have a couple mock-up pictures of that. This is what their new church building is going to look like. And they are ready to start that new building in 2024. And it sounds like that's when, where they're gonna settle into. So um, that's what they've been doing and they are busy folks, I'm telling you. I, had, I found a ton of information for them. They're doing things all the time. So I do have a few fun facts. Um, Madagascar is also known as the Red Island and that is for its iron rich soul mainly in the Central Highlands and I think I have I didn't realize when I was making the slide for, their, for the bulletin, but the background picture for that also has that red ground in it also. And these bobab trees are the next ones. These bobab trees are um, exclusive to Madagascar. There's a lot of things exclusive to just Madagascar. And some of them are as old as 800 years old. And the locals call them bottle trees because their trunks store water. And that one, that one, I bet that one's 800 years old because there's so many people around it. It's been there for a long time. Um, there are 101 species of lemurs in the world, in the world, and all of them are in Madagascar. Every species that they have is in Mad Madagascar. <clears throat> More than 50% of the world's chameleon population is in Madagascar. And out of 150 species, 59 of them are exclusive, that they just are in Madagascar. And um, <clears throat> the next one is the Disney movie, The Penguins of Madagascar, features four penguins, 
but there is no penguins living in Madagascar. So I don't know where they got that from. And there is also no zebras, lions, hippos, or giraffes living there. So they're not sure where the movie came from with none of those animals living there. However, it was a cool movie. Just smile away, boys, smile away. If you've ever seen the movie, the penguins do that. Or wake up, you filthy monkey. <laughs> yeah, my kids were little when that was on. So. Um, Madagascar is the world's largest vanilla export, producing half of the world's vanilla. And after I thought about that, I think, yeah, I have seen Madagascar vanilla in the store before. Now, now it's, I can relate that to that. And this is a funny, fun fact, that pregnant women are not allowed to wear hats. No one seems to know why or how this law came about, but it is strictly enforced. Go figure. I don't know why. <laughs> so, and so, okay, so I wanted to end with um, the last picture. The last picture comes from a post that I found from them on Facebook, and this is Carrie um, speaking, and I just copied the post down because it kind of shows where they're at in their season right now. So it says, as Jay and I are standing on this land, the country we have been serving all these years, we went from no gray head to gray hair. We count it a joy to give up many comforts in America and serve alongside of about a thousand of our national churches. We have done many things to establish growth and development for them. It is our pleasure 100% to see them mature in where they have been and where we have given thousands of dollars into their churches. In our next project starting the first English church for them, many have asked if we will get paid by this church. And our answer is no, we will take zero from it. 100% is for them. We will not get any benefits from starting this church except our eternal rewards in heaven. It is 100% for our national church to help them reach different segments of people. We have many, many Malagasy's already coming in from all walks of life, pouring into our fellowship. We know one day this church will be completely in the hands of our nationals. But for now, and as long as God has us stand here, we will do everything we can to grow, develop, and make this church a thriving church on the island. By the end of our years and years of missions, our heads will be distinguishedly silver, serving well for this nation. So I think they're just into a... I want to say a retirement phase, but um, I just heard, I was listening to um, Joyce Myers the other morning when I was getting ready uh, for the day, and Joyce Myers said, you know, there's no retirement in the Bible. It doesn't have anything about retirement in the Bible, and Joyce Myers is 80 years old, by the way, and um, I think this is how they will end well, too, because there's just, and I, I had to think about that. Even if you retire from your job, you don't retire from proclaiming God and, and, and serving that. So um, they're just going to keep going with that. You, your season may change, but you keep doing, keep on keeping on with that. So, okay, so let's pray for them. And uh, then I'll let Pastor Ken come up. Lord, we just thank you for Jay and Carrie, Father. And we just thank you for all the great things that they're doing with the people in Madagascar, Lord, and the sacrifices they have chosen. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll just touch them and bless this new church that's coming about and help them to just grow stronger in you and help these people to be able to go out and help preach the word for them, Lord. 
Lord, we just pray that you'll just have everything come together with this new church and everything goes smoothly and that they'll get the funding they need to get this complete for them, Lord. Lord, be with them. Keep them strong. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Connie, for uh, <clears throat> that. It's incredible to partner with missionaries like the, the Rostafers and uh, know that our little church here in Rogers, Ohio, has a hand in planting a church in Madagascar. And uh, it's just cool that we're able to have that partnership. Um, I was waiting all presentation for you to talk about the penguins, so I'm glad that you did. Uh, and, um, and Connie, what was, it, what was the quote? Was it, quiet down, you filthy monkey? Is that it? Was, is that, did I get that right? No. Wake up, you filthy monkey. Wake up, you filthy monkey. All right. Um, that's not going to be the last time you guys hear that while I preach. I might, I might whip that out there. Wake up, you filthy monkeys. Right? I thought, man, that is genius. So, uh, so hey, if you have your Bibles, you could open them to, uh, you know, I'm, I just have a springboard, spring, springboard verse in Acts 2.26, but I'm going to spend the bulk of our time in Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we are approaching the Christmas season, uh, whether we like it or not, Christmas is just around the corner, and I want you to know that I am a pastor, I am a person who loves just about everything Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas songs and Christmas music, it's been on my uh, radio ever since, um, probably before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm one of those people, so I'm sorry. Uh, the Christmas tree's been up before Thanksgiving, right? As soon as Halloween goes, the Christmas tree comes up. Well, guys, it's just, it's just too much work to put it up for three weeks or four weeks, right? Yeah. I have to lug all the boxes from the garage into the living room. I have to lug half the boxes from the garage into the living room. Then I have to lug that half back into the garage. Man, I didn't know it was going to be harsh critics today. See what happens when you give these two microphones? They just go wild. Uh, so, but, it, but it's like, every, I like everything Christmas. I mean, uh, what, there's the Christmas trees, the Christmas music, there's Christmas specials. I think Rudolph's already been on TV. How many of you guys like Rudolph, right? You guys like, uh, like the old Rudolph, the claymation one? Um, I, tried to, I tried for years and years to get my kids to watch it, and they never would. They're like, this is so lame. Dad, you know we have like computer-generated cartoons now. You know, anime, all this stuff. What is with this claymation stuff? And um, but I but I like the old one. I like the Grinch, um, not the new Grinch, but the old Grinch. You know, uh, in fact, that's my dad's favorite. He loves the theme song. He thinks it's about him. <laughs> so so uh, we have all of that. I love all the Christmas movies. I love everything from um, you know uh, I don't know. Uncle Eddie all the way through, you know, Red Rider, BB guns, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, El like Jane and I went to go see Elf 
just the other day up in, uh, up in Columbiana. But just love everything Christmas, and I hope you guys do too. Uh, but there's more to Christmas than just all of that stuff, and more to Christmas than just um, coming to church and having some donuts and, and uh, going to an arcade and having a party and all that stuff. Now, there is a message behind the Christmas season. There's a reason why we're excited. There's a reason why we celebrate not one year or not just one month, but we should celebrate Christmas every single day of the year. Um, and that is because Jesus Christ came to be with us. And Acts 2.26 says this, and I'm going to read from the message. It says, I saw God before me for all time. Um, I'm sorry, I saw God before me for all time, yeah. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. Um, isn't that the truth, that when God is right by our side, nothing shakes us? Uh, that is truth. I'm glad from the inside out. I'm ecstatic. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. And, uh, and I thought this Christmas season, you know, there are lots and lots of places you can pitch your tent. I remember camping um, uh, a few times with ranger groups or with my, my own family, and I am not a camper by any means. I don't like sleeping on the ground. I would much rather drive home and sleep in my bed. Uh, and, and maybe that's because I've always pitched my tent in wrong spots. Um, and sometimes I pitch my tent, and it always seems wherever I place my sleeping bag, there is a rock underneath there somewhere. I don't know if any of you guys have ever pitched your tents in those places, but those are not fun places. And so I thought, you know, there are lots and lots of times, uh, places where you and I can pitch our tents. We can pitch our tents in the land of, um, in the land of depression, and we could stay in a land of depression. We could pitch our tents in the land of doubt. We could pitch our tents in the land of loneliness. Uh, but I want you to know that here in Acts 2, they encourage us to pitch our tent in the land of hope. And that's really what Christmas is all about. It's about extending hope to a weary world. And so today, I want to talk to you for just a few brief moments about three facts about Christmas that'll help us pitch our tent in the land of hope. Three facts. And I want to start reading uh, the birth story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, and I'll start reading in verse 18, and you can follow along in your Bibles um, or your phones or tablets or on the screen behind me. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her... <clears throat> I'm sorry, that's a period there. Verse 19 is a new thought. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he had in mind to, divo to divorce her quietly. Now, just to set the stage here, Joseph is faithful to the law. And when his fiancée comes up pregnant, there's a problem there. There's an issue there with rectifying or, or bringing it to some type of congruency, reality with, with his faith. And that's the problem that we all have. We all have this issue of living out our faith 
in a mucky, real world, in a sinful world. And so Joseph is trying to process this. How do I be the best believer that I can be, but yet still go through the ugliness of the reality of the situation? And so he has in his mind to divorce her quietly. In my own thinking, this is the best way forward. This is the best solution. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And that is the awesome point that changes Joseph's mind. It changes his heart. It changes the way he views his faith is when he realizes that what is uh, transpiring in Mary's life is conceived of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that God is still conceiving things by His Holy Spirit. We had an incredible visitation of God's Spirit here last week. Um, I got on the phone with one of my pastoral friends, and we were just talking, and he asked me how services went, and I said, I felt like they were great. I said, I said our people, we were, the, the Spirit was moving, and we played a song at the end, and at the end of the song, something happened. Um, no one went back to their seat, so we played another song. I said, this does not happen in my church regularly, right? Once, we're, we're one song, if that, Right? Right? Wake up, you filthy monkeys. Or, or right? Is that it? Is that it? Okay, I nailed it. Right? That's kind of how we are sometimes. And I'm like, God was just moving in us. But it's because I think God is conceiving in something within our, our body, something within our lives, something within our church that is of the Holy Spirit. God is wanting to do something new. And I want you to know that this Christmas season, it doesn't have to look like last Christmas season or the Christmas season before it, that God can conceive something new this Christmas season within you that is birthed by the Holy Spirit. She will, in verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is the very first fact that I want to focus on today that will help us move our tents into the land of hope, is that God is with us. God is with us. We should be excited, ecstatic, about the presence of God in our lives. That God is with us. Now, in my lifetime, I've bumped into a few famous people along the way. Um, and I, am, I don't roll with famous people, just so you guys know that. You probably figured that out already, right? I, I don't... I, I do have... I do have one famous person's number in my contact list, but it may have been a throwaway phone number. I don't know. 
I don't have the guts to call them back. <laughs> you know, it's one of those deals. We're not on, we're not on that type of relationship. <clears throat> but, but I remember as a kid, uh, my dad took us to wrestling, and as a, as a you know, 10-year-old boy or whatever, I remember uh, we rushed down to the aisle, and I got to reach out, and I got to pat um, Jimmy Superfly Snooka on the, on the back as he went down the aisle. How many of you guys remember Jimmy Superfly, right? Popular, but as a kid, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome, you know? And I, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I went home and washed that hand for a week, all of that stuff, you know? I'm like, oh, man, just to feel a sweat, all of that, I'm so blessed, you know? Um, and then uh, I think eventually my mom made me take a shower or bath or something. Uh, I remember as a kid, my dad took us down to a, a baseball card signing, and Mickey Mantle was there, and I got to meet Mickey Mantle, um, of which, when I was a kid, I really didn't understand the gravity of, of, of who he was and all of that. I just knew he was way before my time, but he was supposed to be really good. But now I do, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I really met Mickey Mantle at one point in my life. I, I did. I met... Um, uh, you know, Chicago Cubs first baseman, Mark Grace, back in the day. Um, Jane and I, we were out on vacation one time out west, and we went to uh, that little Pawn Stars store. Have you guys seen Pawn Store Stars on the Discovery Channel? And we got to, uh, didn't get to meet them all, but we got to see them all, right? Uh, Chumley and Corey and Rick, and we saw the old man, and they were getting in some type of a fight in the parking lot, so that was kind of exciting, right? You don't get to see that on TV, <laughs> right? So there was some commotion that was going on, and we were all, you know, we were all there and, and all that, so that was really kind of cool. Um, uh, just locally, you know, I ran into uh, one of the, the Christmas, I think one of the Christmas family. They were on the, the TV show The Fat and the Furious, or The Fast and the Furious. I think it's a, it's a spinoff of The Fast and the Furious called The Fat and the Furious, because I think they're heavy set, right? That's my kind of show, people, all right? But uh, they, were, they were at um, Rise Pies up in Boardman. We went in there. They were talking to them. Uh, there was a moment when I was eating at God's Restaurant, Chick-fil-A, and, uh, <clears throat> right, I know when we all get to heaven, Chick-fil-A is going to be open on Sunday, right? It's open every day in heaven, uh, right? Uh, yeah, nobody knows what manna is, but I like to think that it's the original spicy chicken sandwich <laughs> from Chick-fil-A. Uh, so, so there's that, but we were at Chick-fil-A, and um, the, the worship band Jesus Culture was in there with Chris Quililla and the rest of them, and um, so we got to sit there and kind of talk to them a little bit, so, so that was kind of cool. Um, you know, I met Jim Tressel at YSU, uh, Mike Singletary, who can forget Mike Singletary, right? I got to spend uh, a weekend with maybe one of the greatest Chicago Bears linebackers ever. So that was really cool. But anyway, I'm telling you all this because every time you kind of get near someone famous just a little bit, like your disposition changes just a little bit. Like, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit giddy and I'm like, oh man, look, look oh, oh, look, there's, uh, there's um, you know, someone famous. How do I act? You know, I, I want to go meet him, but I don't want to come on too strong like a, you know, like I'm a creepo, you know, weirdo, right? So I, I want to be like, hey, you know, hey, what's up, you know? Like, but that's too, that's too casual, 
you know, so you just kind of want to find that middle road, and like, you get all nervous a little bit about that, uh, but guys, these are just human people, these are just people that put their pants on one leg at a time like the rest of us, uh, but shouldn't we be like more giddy and more excited uh, when we come into the presence of Jesus? I mean, shouldn't we just feel that? Like every time that we get near the church doors, we should feel a little giddy. We should feel a little antsy. We should come with some expectation that we're going to be in the presence of Almighty God in just a moment. We should have that same excitement. And that's really what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about you and I bumping into the presence of Jesus on December 25th. And it's not about us bumping into the presence of Jesus, you know, just during the month of December, but it's us actually having access to his presence all the time. That God moved into our neighborhood and he came near to us. God incarnate. It's pretty cool to think about that if I was alive back then in Bethlehem and I was living down the street, that Jesus was born into my neighborhood. How cool would that be? Oh yeah, that, that Jewish kid lives down the street from me and you could grow up playing with Jesus. How cool would that be? The incarnation that God made his dwelling amongst us. And it gives, that gives us accessibility to who he is. And it doesn't matter who, who you are. Jesus, when he was on this earth, made himself accessible to Jew and to Gentile alike, to those that were religious and to those who weren't religious, to the Romans and to everyone. He made himself accessible to those that were favorable, like Peter and John. And he also made himself accessible to people that weren't well-liked, like Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He made himself available to people of, you know, um, uh, high society, like Nicodemus, you know, uh, a Pharisee. He also made himself accessible to those of lesser, uh, I guess, social status, like the Samaritan woman at the well or excuse me, or people with leprosy, or prostitutes. The fact that Christmas... The fact that Christmas is about God drawing near to us should make you giddy inside. It should give you hope this Christmas season. Let me just share with you just real quickly how awesome this is to think about. Isaiah 55 gives us kind of a, an idea and a formula of just how far God was away from us prior to this. Isaiah 55.8 says, this is God speaking, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Okay, that's, we, know, we understand that, we know that. God is on a different plane. God is, God is just in a different area. The way we think is not the way he thinks. Okay, we understand there's this gap and there's, divide, there's this divide, but then God defines it further in verse 9. He says, this is the analogy I'm giving you to show how far my thoughts are from your thoughts. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways 
higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so the distance <coughs> excuse me, that God gives us is the distance between the earth and the heavens. Now, we don't fully understand that, but we have an idea because we understand that light travels at 186,000 miles per second, which is pretty fast. Faster than I can run, just by a hair. Right? Just, I think I top out at four miles an hour downhill with the wind blowing in my direction, all of that stuff. But if you were to snap your fingers today, if you were just in one single snap, light could travel around the earth six times in the time that it takes for us to snap this. Okay, so that is how far, how fast light travels, all right? Now, our sun, the center of our galaxy, is 93 million miles away. Um, if you were to jump into your uh, Honda Odyssey, does anyone have a Honda Odyssey, right? Your Toyota Prius, I know people in here drive Priuses. If you were here to jump into your Jeep Wrangler, you would never get to the sun because you'd have to fill up every, <laughs> you know. But if you were to drive to the sun in your vehicle, assuming that you would never have to stop to go to the bathroom or stop to fill up, you were to drive 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you were to drive straight from your house all the way to the sun, it would take you just a hair under 163 years. Let's go. Sign up on board. Wouldn't you love to be stuck with me in a vehicle for 163 years? Right? Right? Quiet down, you filthy monkeys. Right? Is that? Wake up. I'm never going to get that. I'm just going to change it to however I feel. All right? So, um, so anyway, that's how far. Now, light... Light moves so fast that light can make it from uh, that distance from the earth to the sun in just a little under eight minutes. So it moves that fast. Uh, so what we call the speed of light, what we call a light year, is the amount of, uh, it's a distance, how we mark how far um, light travels in one earth year. So light travels in one Earth year uh, approximately six, I looked it up this morning, six trillion miles. So light travels six trillion miles in one Earth year. All right. Well, astrophysicists have found galaxies that are approximately 15.5 billion light years away. Okay, so uh, I don't want to do the math. That's going to hurt my head this morning. But if you were to take 15.5 billion light years times a light year is 6 trillion miles, um, you get a very, very, very large number. You guys are understanding this, right? So to sum it up, that us on our best day, our best thoughts are still astronomically too far to even 
understand that far away from God. 15.5 billion light years away. That is why the incarnation is so incredible. That God bridged the gap. That God came down and revealed himself to us. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with us. All of these three verses display how, how incomprehensible it is. How far God is. The distance God is. That God is so far on a different plane than you and I that is almost impossible to bridge unless God would do something so spectacular like the incarnation that Jesus came close to us. It's unfathomable to think about God coming to be with us. It pitches my tent in the land of hope knowing that God bridged that gap. That He came so that we might know Him. Secondly, not only is God with us, but the second fact that I want to focus on today is that God is for us. God is with us, but He is for us. I know some of you might think when things go bad and this goes bad and the next thing goes bad, that somebody up there is against you. But God is not against you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Everywhere you go, He is with you. David said it like this in Psalm 139, verse 5. We've read this in here before. It's so powerful. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. That sounds like the Lord is everywhere that you and I go, that we cannot escape his presence, and wherever we is, he's guiding us. A.W. Tozer says it like this, he says, God is above all things, he's beneath all things, he's outside of all things, and he's inside of all things. God is above, but he's not pushed up. He's beneath, but he's not pressed down. He's outside, but he is not excluded. He's inside, but he's not confined. God is above all things, presiding, beneath all things, sustaining, outside of all things, embracing, and inside of all things, filling. That is the imminence of God. He's all around us. John 1.14, John talks about the birth of Jesus like this. He said this, Imminence of God, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, 
who came from the Father, full of grace, and He's full of truth. Hebrews tells us that this great high priest knows exactly all about us as He's tempted in every way as we are. So that you and I don't have a God who is far off, but we have a God who is sympathetic to our plight. He knows how you feel. He knows why you think the way you think. He knows those things. He understands you in a way that no one else understands you. And that is the miracle of Christmas that, that, that God is, He came to be with us, but it transfers to for us. Because He knows us so well, and God wants the very, very best for us. See, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was made available through, a, through a, the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was uh, the housing for God's presence. That's why you couldn't go near it. That's why you couldn't touch it. And when they made the temple and they established the temple, they moved the Ark of the Covenant behind a curtain into the Holy of Holies where God's presence would dwell. And the only person that could go into that area was the priest one time a year on the Day of Atonement. And it was separated by a veil. That's where God's presence dwelt. But now God's presence does not dwell behind a curtain. Because God came near to us, His presence is now available to all of us. And with his presence, God does good things for us. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold for those whose walk is blameless. You guys should focus on those words, no good thing. No good thing does God withhold from you for those who follow after Him, for those who walk according to His statutes. Matthew 7.11, this is Jesus talking. He said, if you then, though you are evil, and I don't think, I don't, <coughs> excuse me, the context isn't evil like we think. The context is sinful, sinful nature. If then you know you're, you're evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? It's biblical that God is wanting to bless us and give us good gifts. That's good exegesis. That's good hermeneutics. That's what the Bible teaches us, that God isn't just near to us, but He is for us. That God wants the very best for you in your life. Today I want you to know that God is with us and that God is for us. But lastly, God is in us. He is in us. And this is the miracle of Christmas that God takes it a step further and says, I'm just not moving into the neighborhood. And I'm not just going to be for you. 
but I am going to be with you forever in such a way that you can have me in your life. John 16, 7 says this, Very truly I tell you it is for the good that I'm going away. Jesus talking about his um, uh, ascension into heaven. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, which is the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. And you and I, we just talked about this last week, that God sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. In fact, there's, there's uh, precursors to that in, in uh, the Gospels where Jesus breathes into his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. It's like the breath of God breathed into us. Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 6 that you and I are now temples of the Holy Spirit. Just like the Old Testament temple housed the presence of God, now you and I, our bodies, house the Spirit of God. This Christmas season, as we end, I'm going to ask Courtney, would you come to the piano? And I, I'm going to begin to wind this down because this is, to me, the, the thrill of hope. This is the hope that you and I have that God didn't just come and move into our neighborhood, but God can come and move into our life. And I don't want you to miss it because this is what Christmas is all about. And when you don't have, when you don't have that relationship with God, I guess uh, I guess you can miss it. You can miss what Christmas is about. You know, I grew up and I had wonderful Christmases, and um, you know, my mom went to be with the Lord uh, a few years ago. Um, but uh, but I'll never forget our Christmases growing up because my mom was one of those clearance shoppers. You know, she shopped all year round and bought everything that she could on clearance and cheap and so Christmas was like a hodgepodge of all this bottom bargain rack stuff you know what I'm saying we never knew what we were getting so it was like all this wild crazy stuff but but now that mom is gone I kind of miss that a little bit you know and I just miss I miss her presence a little bit and uh and I don't want you to go through Christmas missing the presence of Jesus. If that makes sense, folks. You can do Christmas and you can do Santa and you can do the Grinch and you can do all those wonderful things. Snowball fights and movies and hot cocoa and donuts and the whole nine yards. You can do all that. But don't miss his presence. Because that's what's most important. And as we close today, I want to give you an opportunity to invite the Lord's presence into your life. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And I know we prayed this, you know, we prayed this before, but maybe this Christmas season, 
maybe you dread it because you pitched your tent in a land of in a land of loss. Maybe you've lost somebody recently and you're going into a Christmas season and it's not as fun, it's not as exciting as it used to be. And maybe you're pitching your tent in a land of depression where you're saddened because it's not what it used to be. Maybe you're pitching your tent in a land of fear because you look back and you say, oh man, this last year hasn't been that great and I'm approaching Christmas with $6 in my checking account. And you're fearful, you're fearful and you're worried. Maybe you're approaching Christmas looking into the future and saying, man, there's so much going on in our world. I don't know how I could have joy. Today, I'm going to challenge you. Would you move beyond all of that? And would you pitch your tent in the land of hope? And that hope only comes through the presence of Jesus in your life. Would you invite his presence into your life right now? Say, <clears throat> say, Jesus, this Christmas, Lord, I want your presence above everything. Lord, above gifts, above food, above family get-togethers, above travel plans, Lord, I want your presence. Lord, today I invite you into my life. I invite you into this season. Lord, I know Christmas is about you coming to earth, but now we take it one step further. It's about you coming into my life, your presence being available to me. God, let me not go through Christmas without you, without your presence. And God, would your presence bring me the hope that I need? the thing that I need most, the thrill of hope. Lord, today I invite you into our lives. I invite you into our church. I invite you into this season. God, and I ask that your presence would just permeate it. Lord, would we feel as excited and as giddy as, as when we meet a famous person? Lord, would I feel more than that? Would I feel this excitement that the King of kings and the Lord of lords resides within me, that your Spirit's within me. Lord, would I feel the release of all my sins and transgressions being washed away. Lord, the hope of forgiveness. Lord, would I feel that regeneration and that renewal that comes from the work of the Spirit? Lord, would I approach this Christmas season knowing that you're right there with me the entire time? That it doesn't matter where I go or who I'm with, if I'm with family or if I'm by myself, Lord, your presence is right there with me, bringing me hope. Now to you, God, we commit our time together and we ask that as we proceed on through this holiday season that your presence would permeate every step. 
Lord, we dedicate this and we believe in this. Lord, would you be our hope? And I pray that in your name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. God bless you. My hope is this Christmas season that you experience everything that it has to offer. Joy, happiness, and hope. And it only comes through the presence of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, don't forget, um, this Sunday is the last day for our toy drive. Um, so uh, you can turn that in today. Also, if you want to sign up for the ladies thing on Sunday, or uh, that's on Saturday night, today's your last day to do that and to, to get all your money in. And then next Sunday, Ugly Sweater Day. And then after that, we have uh, Christmas parties and all that kind of stuff. So go in God's grace. God bless you guys today. Be safe. Uh, experience the presence of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God, God bless you. You're dismissed today. I'm going to catch the early flight before our streets are dressed in white. I'll be there. And please don't decorate the tree. Have a little heart away from me. I love that night, especially. I'll be there. Cause this is the season. I love. Yeah, this is the season.